Our sponsor today on Drinking with Authors is Skunk Brothers Spirits. Skunk Brothers Spirits was started by a family of disabled veterans focused on locally sourced quality distilled spirits. Their name was inspired by their pops, who was nicknamed Skunk. Skunk's father was a moonshiner in Oregon back when it wasn't exactly legal. Now the brothers are taking the family business legal with their Washington-based team using their grandfather's Prohibition-era moonshine recipe to bring small batch spirits to the gorge and beyond. From the moonshine corn whiskey to the apple pie brandy, all of their spirits are handmade in Washington. Believing they already have the best ingredients in the local community, they work with local farmers and suppliers to produce the highest quality spirits from scratch. You can find them on Facebook at Skunk Brothers and on Twitter at Skunk Bros Inc. Or visit their site www.skunkbrothersspirits.com and use coupon code DWA10 at checkout to read 10% off your order. You can always also ask your local retailer to start stocking Skunk Brothers Spirits. Regardless of how you get your hands on a bottle or two, grab a drink and don't forget to get skunk. This podcast contains potentially adult language, adult themes, definitely drinking, and possibly sexual context. Listener discretion is advised. Welcome to Drinking with Authors, the literary briefs edition, where we ask a lot of rapid-fire questions to drunk authors on the show with us. Okay. I'm your host, Erica Lance. Co-hosting with me today is C.R. Rice, and our guest is the amazingly entertaining Joe Filipponi. Okay, let's talk about what we're drinking. We have a sponsor on Drinking With Authors, which is Skunk Brothers Spirits, and I am drinking there, and you can find them at their website, Skunk Brothers Spirits. There's going to be a coupon code in the notes. Um, I am drinking blueberry cinnamon cordial and I've drunk like almost half the bottle. So um, I still have some in my glass, but this is just, it's fucking amazing. That's all I'm going to say. Like, I'm going to have to be like, hmm, I need to test some more of that. Can you send some? Because um, I need a bottle of show or something ridiculous like that. Okay. And CR is drinking a very bougie drink that everybody in Beverly Hills has started drinking. <laughs> I am going to start a trend with this. I am doing green tea and vodka because I am doing healthier. Yes. I love that you keep saying that. Okay. Joe, what are you drinking? <laughs> Jack Daniels and wild cherry Pepsi. Oh, amazing. Amazing. Okay. So the first rapid fire question is what is your favorite book of all time? Flowers in the Attic. Why? Um, I just love the way it's fucking written and it's characters that you enjoy. It's a situation where you're like, this is fucking fucked up, but could probably really happen. Isn't that the one where the mom um, poisoned the kids? Yeah. Yeah. When they're in the attic. Um, and <laughs> I don't know. I just, I, I, I fucking love everything about that book. I think it's one of the most perfect books that's ever written. And I fucking love VC Andrews. She's to me, she's number one, uh, just after Jacqueline Suzanne. Very cool. What is your least favorite book of all time? Oh, Jesus. Um, least favorite book of all time would probably be God damn, I don't know. I 
I have never, I have never thought about that. There has never been a book where I've been like, oh my God, this is so awful. I would never read it again. I haven't come across that book yet. Well, that's good. Yeah. Yeah. Will you finish books even if you don't like them? Yes. Because I'm one of those, like, I have to finish. I have to know how it ends. Um, oh, no. Speaking of that, I can say the worst book that I ever read that I think. Um, <laughs> I buried it so long. It's a tie between uh, Twilight and Fifty Shades of Grey. I we just became best friends. Yeah. Fifty Shades of Grey. <laughs> I never read the book. So I never actually, I was in a Barnes and Noble. I picked it up. I read the first six pages and was like, this is fucking terrible writing. Yeah. And I put it down because, you know, it was BDSM. Everyone was talking about. But it's bad BDSM and it's not even true BDSM. What it is, is it's, it's misogynistic fucking rape. There's even a passage in Fifty Shades of Grey where the main character says that if she was sober, she wouldn't be doing this. And there's like passages in that where she's like, oh, I don't want to do this. I, I don't really want to do this. I'm like, what the fuck? Like, if I had written that shit, I would have been fucking canceled. Like, if the main character wouldn't have been rich and good looking, if he would have been on yeah, a trailer park and, or. Yeah, yeah. People wouldn't have liked that. Like, I don't get it why people are like, oh, my God, this is so pro-woman. This is so pro-feminist. I'm like, no, it's not. And Twilight is just so bad. The only reason why you keep reading that is you're like, it's got to get good. And it doesn't. No, it's true. I, I, I had been so traumatized by those two. I had completely forgotten them. That was awesome. I'm glad we were able to bring up trauma on this show. <laughs> it's what we aim you know? to do. <laughs> yes, it's it's what we do here at Drinking with Authors. Okay, so let's talk about your favorite book to movie or book to TV show. Ooh, that's a good one. Um, book to movie. I would say probably <laughs> Valley of the Dolls. I love oh. the book and I love the movie. I know it's it's the 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 book is just so amazing. And again, being in the business, knowing people like that, even though it was written in the fucking what, like 60s, 70s, mm -hmm. that shit still goes on. Like just because it's not pills, you know, now it's it's you know whatever now that people are doing i don't do hard drugs so i don't i don't know but i mean i know people that have been like that i know people that have been destroyed by fame and that haven't been able to handle it plus the movie is just so fun um and i i, I like both versions of the movie i like the the original one um with patty duke and i like the tv movie that they did in the 80s oh my god it's so like it's 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 if you ever get to see Jacqueline Suzanne's Valley of the Dolls, the TV movie that they did, it is 80s-tastic. They've got the hair, the fashion, everything. So that's the one I saw, is the 80s version, when it was on TV, Valley of the Dolls. Yeah. <laughs> oh my goodness. Okay, so what about your absolute least favorite, where you think they did a horrible job representing the book? Not, don't list the two books movies off of the books you mentioned I but like actually movies. took a book that you love and then made it into a movie or a tv show and you were like what the actual fuck just happened um 
Hmm. I don't know. There. Do we and, need to bring up some more doing, trauma? I'm not even doing like the last time. Like I, there hasn't been a case of that where I've I've read the the book and then seen the movie and then been disappointed. I haven't had that experience. Don't and I'm going, through, I'm going through like all the catalog of, of <laughs> books to, to movies. And I can't think of one where I was like, oh, the book was better or this is awful or whatever. No, I haven't had that experience. Maybe maybe the 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 Bible pictures that they did, I wish they would have left in more sex, nudity, violence and death and blood. But that's probably just because they were made in the 50s and 60s. I should make a Bible movie and like really make it the way it should be. Oh, you want to talk about getting ostracized? There's a whole entire topic. <laughs> That's why the I BSM community love is the not Bible. nearly as large as the Bible community. <laughs> That's why I love the Bible. Like I don't understand these religious freaks that are so like anti-porn, anti-sex, anti-nudity, anti-this, that, and the other. I'm like, have you read this goddamn book? Oh, half of them haven't. Half of them have no idea. No, they've had the parts read to them by somebody who swears they don't have sex. Yeah. Exactly. Well, up for debate. Okay, Kels, what is your question? (laughs) Um, What is the most superstitious, irrational fear that you have? Like the most irrational superstition that you have? I'm afraid of deep water. Like I won't go in the ocean. I won't go into a lake. Um, I'm just very afraid of that. I'm, I'm, I'm very afraid of not being able to touch the bottom, see the bottom, see what's there. Um, I have a lot of like stupid fears like that. Um, I'm, I don't know if this is like a stupid, irrational fear, but, and I have to word this very carefully because I know what some people will say. I actually am afraid of death and dying, not because I'm a bad person and I'm afraid of burning in hell. I already know that's where I'm going to end up. Um, But I, I'm afraid of death and dying that there really is nothing beyond this world that once we die that that's it that I'll I'll never see my friends and family that have gone before me that I'll never get answers to like why did I have to go through all of this stuff um which is stupid because just in October like I had a friend die in my arms like I saw someone die and I saw his spirit like go out of him so I know that he went somewhere and that there is something else I'm just afraid of like, what, like, what exactly is there? Like, will I see, you know, my ex-husband, my, my grandparents, my friends, my parents, when they go, you know, thank God, both of my parents are still living, but yeah. So, so that's a very big irrational fear that I have and that I waste a lot of time being very existential of like, why are we here? What's the purpose? I get in that a fucking lot more than I should. Oh wow! Talk about a rabbit hole. What what are you? What what happens if you're surprised and you just come back and you start again? Oh God, no! Once once on this earth was enough. Although Stop I did. Stop your foot! Demand a retrial. 
I, I, I did have a psychic once when I was doing a show in Portland. I had this old psychic in a park come up to me and he actually said that this is my last lifetime. He said that now you're just supposed to be a teacher. You're supposed to like teach people stuff. He said, unless you really fuck up, this is the last time that you're going to be on earth. And when you die this time, you're actually going to transcend and go to that other plane. So. Well, let's hope the weird psychic in the park is right then, right? Yeah. No, that makes sense. Okay. (laughs) I love, I love, you know, what's interesting is the metaphysical and stuff like, do you believe in ghosts and things like that? I do. Absolutely. And I believe in past lives. I believe in other dimensions. I believe in that whole theory that um, they say, if you have a lot of like recurring dreams about the same thing or the same people, or if you dream about um, something very vividly and you can remember it, that you've actually gone into an alternate universe, alternate dimension where it's happening and you can see how that would have played out. So like, say, there's um someone that you've always pined after like like the love of your life but you never got to experience that and you always dream about being with this person and and the life that you could have had that in some alternate dimension you're actually married to this person and you've actually gotten a glimpse of what that's like wow now that's a good story right there that's a whole entire thing we're in the metaverse (laughs) now we're in the metaverse i love it I love it. Chels? I do. I absolutely believe in them. Uh, let's see. Do we want to do another question? We're we going to keep going with ghosts. No, you can do another question. Okay. What is the most ridiculous lie you've ever told? Most ridiculous lie I've ever told? Wow. <laughs> because this is why. This is why. So earlier today, I was reading this article. This man married this woman in Ohio or something. And for 15 years, he had convinced her he was a doctor. And she went to visit him because she worked and traveled and everything like that. She went to visit him at the hospital, found out he was a mechanic. So this is my question. Never a doctor. My question is, first of all, the dedication. At what point do you do whatever? How do you not know the difference between mechanic money and doctor money? Well, if they say they've got I'm a not lot saying of there's anything loans. wrong with being yeah, angry. but but if they've got a lot of student loans, I can understand doctor mechanic money being on the same level. Yeah. yeah. But you know what's funny is like I'm not a big liar. Like if someone makes like a a meal and it's not that good, like I'll be like, oh yeah, it's fine, like not to hurt their feelings or whatever. Um, but I've never gone that far. Also, too, like, I feel really bad about lying. I, I don't like being lied to, so I think that's why I don't lie to, to other people. Um, I've been a part of, like, practical jokes with people where it's like, you know, me and my friends went out of town, and then me and my one friend were supposed to be um, at Warner Brothers the day we got back, but we, like, played a joke on our friend and said that our flight got delayed and that we weren't going to be there on time. So I've been a part of that, which I mean, whatever, it's fucking jokes. Like that's nothing bad. Um, I mean, it doesn't have to be a bad lie, just something ridiculous, whether it was something you had to come up with to like 
get out of doing something you didn't want to or like the oh we're, we're talking about doing something like, that i don't want to like when i'm in my anti-social phases and i don't want to hang out with people i'll always say that i'm on set and that i <laughs> hang out with them oh be like oh sorry i'm on set right now that's why i can't hang out with you tonight or like oh you know i just got an audition that's really early in the morning or i just got a uh, a job you know i booked a job and i've got like a 4 a.m call time i can't go out with you tonight so sometimes i'll do that <laughs> that's that awesome is, that is awesome okay so when you're writing do you listen to music sometimes um it depends on my mood um sometimes i need the music to help me be inspired like if i'm writing something that's scary I'll put on like a horror soundtrack or like scary sounds or whatever. If I'm writing like erotica, sometimes I'll put on, you know, just go onto YouTube and be like, you know, music to make love to and and find the playlist for that, you know, just to kind of put me in the mood. Um, sometimes I don't need it. It it depends on how immersed I am in the in the world. No, that makes sense. What about um, how fast do you write? How fast, um, like if you're going, sitting down, you, everything's going well, how many words per hour can you do? I've never timed myself. Um, again, it kind of depends on how, on my mood and how I'm feeling. Sometimes I can sit down and like write for hours and get it all out, all out, all out. Sometimes I'll get distracted and I'll write a little bit and then I'll go and do something else and come back to it. Um, that's one of the reasons why I like to write in a notebook with pen and paper, because if I write on the laptop, I'll start going onto websites. I'll start getting distracted with that. Whereas with the pen and paper, I can like go outside and not have that distraction. I won't even take my phone with me because I'll get distracted on my phone and stuff like that. So. That makes sense. What about as a writer, what do your editors tell you like is your biggest thing that you have to watch out for? I'm really bad with grammar and run on sentences and stuff like that. So sometimes I'll use um, the same descriptions multiple times, but just said in different ways. And they'll be like, oh, this is very similar to this. Or you've kind of like said this same thing like 10 times like try a different you know thing yeah i actually it's interesting guys there's been a lot of um books put out um when you write erotica about how to describe different parts of the body because i've noticed some erotica writers are incredibly good at it and some of them say the word cock every other sentence yeah and so you have to be good at not describing things the same exact way. But if you ever want to hear the most humorous erotica thing ever is there's a podcast called my dad wrote a porno. I've heard and of that. Yes. Yes. It's this British guy whose 60 year old dad wrote a porno book and it's fucking terrible. It is so bad. But what he does is he gets on every um, thing with two of his friends and he reads a chapter out of the book every podcast and his dad has gone on to write like five or six books at this point in time they don't get better they don't Does get his better dad better. know about the podcast yes 
His dad thinks it's great. His dad thinks he's this famous guy. A lot of people see him. They've done tours. But it, like he describes breasts like dangling pomegranates at one point in time. Uh-huh. I, I, I used to describe hear. like boobs as like ripe melons and all that shit. Yeah. Ripe melon is way better than dangling pomegranate. Well, I Has mean, anyone it, ever depends seen a how, pomegranate? It, it depends on how old she is. Maybe, maybe he's writing erotica and like she's like 90 years old and they go down to and her. And that's a compliment. House. <laughs> yeah, no, she's a 20-year-old. It's terrifying. Anyway. Oh, no. Yeah. If she's like an early 20s, it's a, it's hysterical. I do recommend it to anybody who's into erotic. It is one of the most humorous podcasts ever. Um, CR, next. What fictional character would you want to be friends with? If you could bring them to life and be best friends with them. Um, Huckleberry Finn. I think it'd be fun to like go on some adventures with him and go down the river with him. And I love that book. I think it's a fun book. I love that they put that in the Easy A movie. That actually made me very happy. Right? I I that that, that sparked joy for me when yeah. they did that. <laughs> so what is your favorite horror book of all time then? Besides The Flowers in the Attic, Stephen King. What is your favorite Stephen King? Oh god. Um, as far as Stephen King, I, I really like The Shining just because I like when stuff, when you're alone, when you're trapped, I think that that's a very big, very real human fear, at least for me, for me, I'm, I'm terrified of being alone. I don't like it. Um, which is ironic because I actually want to move out of LA and buy like a cabin in the woods, like in Big Bear, Fawn Skin, Forest Falls, and like be alone, be isolated. But that fucking terrifies me where you're like your closest neighbor is miles away. I don't, that I, I don't know why. Um, I also, I love The Exorcist. I think that's a great book, the way he wrote it the suspense um the character development i i can reread that book over and over um other horror books what about what character would you want to play like you're an actor oh. so if they took a book and made it into a movie what character would you want to play um just like any book or horror book? No, any book. Any. What books? Like, what books would you love to see made into movies, and then you get to play in them? Wow. Um, I mean, I'd love to have a crack at Jack from The Shining. I think that'd be an amazing character to play. Just to have that arc of going from you know alcoholic husband and father who loves his family to then being in this like snowbound place to fucking losing your mind to to killing the two most important people in your life and and the two people who love you um honestly this is gonna sound so stupid i'd love to play the wicked witch because i love the wizard of oz the wizard of oz is the movie that made me want to be an actor but the wicked witch is such an iconic role 
Actually, I did kind of technically play her in a movie I directed uh, for this anthology called Mashup at the Movies. We had to take two movies and make a new scene. So I mashed up Wizard of Oz and Nosferatu, and I played the Wicked Witch. And my friend uh, Kevin Michael Shiley, who's an amazing fucking actor, I don't know why he's not fucking famous by now, played Nosferatu, and, and he was amazing in, in it. But I'd love to play the Wicked Witch. I think that'd be fun to to do um and just because most of the time with voiceover because i'm also a voice actor i do like demon voices i wouldn't mind playing pazuzu and the exorcist being the the the, (laughs) the voice of the the demon in it plus i love fucking mercedes mccambridge she's one of my favorite actresses i thought she was a brilliant actress and and voice actress she was fucking amazing very very cool chelsea um, you got one more chelsea it's over on you the the ending question dun 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 you always do this i know um, it, i don't know why you're not prepared for it it's because you've been drinking vodka and green tea and then you forget i do healthy okay all right um if you could meet your future self but you can only ask them one question what would your question be We're not having technical. I think I broke you. Oh, no, I'm really I'm... thinking about it. <laughs> did you make it as an actor or did you let everybody down? Oh. Well, you just made everything depressing. I was looking for something inspirational there, Joe. Sorry, I'm a Scorpio. We go there. <laughs> no, and I only say that because, um, like, ever since I was a kid, like, I... I announced that I wanted to be an actor and a writer when I was three years old. And that's the only thing I've ever wanted to do. That's the only thing that I'm ever good at is acting and writing. I'm not fucking- And directing. You keep saying that. You keep saying these things that you're not good at, but then you're great at them. So yeah. yeah. But technically, haven't you done those things? Because you are an actor. And you, you are, because I looked you up, like you have a million different things on there. Like you are an actor, you have movies and shows and all of these different things in pre-production. Like, haven't you already done all of that? I want to do bigger things. I want to get to that next level where I'm like doing network TV shows and like studio mm. feature films where I, it's like, where I'm making enough money per picture or per episode to like, you know, go to my parents and be like okay you don't have to work anymore like i've got you to like go to my friends that are struggling and be like okay you don't need to make this gofundme to pay your rent i've got you you know to to do that um or even for myself where it's like i don't have to have those months where i'm like oh jesus am i gonna like be able to to like pay all my bills or like whatever be like oh yeah it's fine you know like almost to that level where it's like money is no object it's totally cool like i can have that freedom that stability that i've always wanted you know that's why i'm i'm saying that to like when i say like make it i'm like to go to that level and even to like be able to donate to the charities that i want to donate to to like start up the organizations that I'd like to start up to be able to like help and like make this world a better place, you know, 
That's my idea of making it. I know that on some levels I've made it and that I'm successful because I'm very lucky and grateful and thankful that I don't have a day job. Like I'm not a, a, a waiter. I'm not a bartender. I'm, all of my money just comes from my art, from acting, writing, directing, working behind the scenes, all of that. Like I'm very, very lucky. I'm very grateful, very thankful. I just want to be at that next level. Well, we absolutely hope you get to that next level very, very soon. I, I think that's yes, amazing. Yes. And I think that your goal is to be able to help more, which is awesome. You're not like, I want to be at this next level so I can have a million dollar house. No, it's like, I, I want a diamond Lamborghini. Yeah, no, no, I think that's awesome. And I'm sure you were right on the way to that. Okay, Joe, how do people find you? So I'm on social media. I'm pretty easy to find. Um, I have a fan page on Facebook because I'm on my limit for 5,000 friends on Facebook. But if you go to uh, facebook.com slash official Joe Filipponi, that's my fan page. I'm also on Twitter, Instagram, and TikTok, Joe Filipponi. Um, you can find me on all of those. Um, even if you find my personal Facebook page, which is just my name, Joe Filipponi, and you message me, if I see the message, I'll write back. I'm, I'm really good about communicating and all of that. So I also have a YouTube channel, uh, youtube.com slash the hip hop Joe, uh, that has clips from, uh, movies that I've done, TV shows I've done, uh, voice acting I've done, even a couple of the movies that I've directed are on there. So subscribe to me. If you have a channel, I'll subscribe back. Um, yeah. <laughs> very, very cool. Thank you so much for being a part of our show. Thank you guys. This was so fun. I hope that we can do this again. We absolutely Definitely. will do it again because yes. I know you're going to start writing and get a book out and let us know yes. the moment that book is out. Yes. We'd love to have you again. And it may be with your publishing company. So maybe we can do a thing of like marketing that. Yes, no, totally. Hit me up. If authors yes. out there, hit up a I will. publication. I'd love to have that. Okay, you have been fabulous. This has been Drinking with Authors Literary Briefs. I've been your host, Eric Lamp. My co-host has been C.R. Rice. And our amazing guest has been Joe Filipponi. And we will see you guys next time. Skunk Brother Spirits. Okay, I threw it in there at the end. I'm fine. Okay, good. <laughs> see you next time. <laughs>